Welcome back to another episode of the Kitman Podcast. My name is Rohan. I know you guys missed us on Wednesday, and we have a late episode out today. We've had all types of issues from ice to just scheduling, but we're back. And to show your love for us, go ahead, drop five stars. Helps us out a ton. All right, let's get into it. I'm I'm here with the let. We're about to rank, or I guess grade, the big six transfer windows. Delette, how's it going? Good, man. Good. Um, interesting, interesting January window. A lot of movement from an Arsenal from an Arsenal perspective. I'm not too pleased, but I'm also not too angry. It it was a it was an emotional journey. It definitely was an emotional journey. And you know, that's what Arsenal is going to guarantee you every window. Emotion. An emotional journey. That's true. That's true. Yeah. That's true. They will give you that emotional journey. But before we get into the big six, we're just going to shout out some, you know, outside the big six prem teams or yeah, teams outside the big six that had a good transfer window. For me, I think Leeds had a very good one, bringing in Weston McKinney, mm-hmm. bringing in the striker, which is something they're kind of crying out for because they're just relying on Rodrigo for goals. I think what who they've signed have really helped them, I think, secure another year in the prem. No, absolutely. Weston McKinney's a great signing, especially how well we've seen him play with Tyler Adams. That yeah. link up there, very intentional link up there. I think it'll work out super well. Yep, absolutely. USAFC to the top. Okay, but let's get into it. Yeah. The big six. Should we start with Liverpool? I, I said we start with Liverpool. Yeah, let's start with Liverpool. Because man. they just lost 3-0 today. No wins in 2023. It's looking rough out there for Liverpool. Yeah. They they brought in Yakbo, but aside from that, they didn't really address their midfield issues. Personally, for me, every, a... every team starts a transfer window at a C, and it's how they go from there. So I'll give them a C plus just for the Yakbo signing. I disagree with you. I don't think every team starts with a C because Liverpool have had to address these midfield issues for what, like four transfer windows now, and they signed like one player in the last four windows. I actually went D. For Liverpool. D. Okay, I, I see that. Yeah. I see it. No, but for me, I'm saying like clean slate, every window, like you have the opportunity to sign. So you start with like a C and then how you yeah, yeah. how 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 you sign kind of dictates which way you swing. If they yeah. sign like one midfielder, I'd probably slide them up to a B B minus area, but they didn't even do yeah. that. Yeah. Dude, honestly, and even even D was generous for me. I'll be honest, because I don't even think they need. If we're being real, they don't need a forward. Like they don't need Gakpo no, right they now. Don't. They 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 have plenty of forwards that are all like good enough to get them through the season. It's just it seemed like they just kind of signed Gakpo because he was the the hot commodity at the time. Yeah, no, I agree. Okay, let's let's shift over to Manchester, Manchester United. I think they honestly had a very good window. Hey, I'm right there with you. I I put him I put my B plus. I give him an A. A. See, A's not even crazy either because we got to remember that it is January. That no one's looking to spend crazy, and they strengthened literally like exactly where they need to. They have a a, a strong midfielder who's you know not <laughs> who has a functioning heart and everything. Not gonna That's not gonna crazy. give out on him. That's so crazy. You know, it's even crazier. I've made so many Ericsson jokes on this podcast. You're getting clipped. I'm clipping it. Yeah, yeah, I know. I made a lot of Ericsson jokes on this podcast. And then, and then Woot Wedghorse. That's a, that's a good signing. I'll be honest with you. 
Yeah, I agree. I think it's a good signing. They had two issues, midfield and striker. They addressed them both. Only thing holding them back, those signings are loans. They're not permanent. So that's what's preventing them from, from an A-plus for me. I don't even view that, view that as a bad thing. I'll be honest. If they sign Wu Leghorst on a permanent deal, I'd be looking at it a little differently. I feel like him and Tabitzer on loan is ideal because if we're being honest, Wu Leghorst is not the long-term solution. Tabitzer, I like as a loan because he it gives him time to prove that he could be a long-term solution. If they sign these players permanently right now, I'm looking at it saying, I'm not fully convinced by them yet from what I've seen them play like at other teams. So it's a bit hasty, but that that's literally perfect for me. Loans. I like that take. I like that take. You've actually convinced me in so few words. Um, so no, I, mm. I like that take. I think outside of Chelsea, they had the best. I, we'll get to Chelsea, but some people will say they had a great transfer window. Some people will say they didn't outside of Chelsea. If we're not counting Chelsea, they had the best transfer window outside the big six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or not outside the big six, in the big six, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, in the big six. It's not crazy at all, though. I I think they have the best transfer window. Okay, let's move to City, because it was a quiet window until the absolute last day where they just let Jao Cancelo leave. Um, On loan, 70 mil option to buy to Bayern. I think it's a good move. Oh, that's crazy. I forgot about that deal when I gave him a D. You gave him a D? (laughs) Yeah. I I give him a B plus for letting Cancelo go. For letting Cancelo go, it's not obligation to buy. It's just an option, right? Option. I don't think they're gonna actually buy Cancelo. If I'm being honest. Either way, for me, it does multiple things. One, it lights a fire under the city players' ass asses. Anyone is expendable. It doesn't matter who you are. Cancelo was touted as the best right back in the world earlier this year, earlier this season, and just just because he let it go to his head. He thought he was bigger than the team. Pep said absolutely not and shipped him away. I think it's a great move from Pep. It 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 shows, you know, there's no nonsense. Like if you're getting in the way of the title, if you're not helping us win, if you're demanding playing time, you're gone. That's a fair that's a fair way to look at it, but there's no way to tell how the city players are gonna react to it. I'm hoping as the other member of this title race, that the city players just kind of like that Pep somewhat loses the dressing room. I know it's very unlikely. When has Pep ever lost the dressing room? But they see this. They just shipped out one of us middle of the season over like some dispute off the field. I'm hoping that kind of kills the dressing room. But regardless, you guys didn't bring anyone in. Not that there's anyone for Man City to bring in, if we're being honest, but it's just hard for me to look at a, all outgoing transfer window as a, as a net positive. That's fair. I, I just think it does so much because you've seen how complacent we've been. There's no fire. There's no passion. There's no desire. This, this um, addresses that. Yeah. I, I've, I still feel like the, the issues at Man City aren't even mentality. I feel like it's more just like play style. I, like, honestly, like, I know it's not really – to do with the transfers, but let me get into this real quick. I don't think the issue is, is that you guys have been so successful for so long. I think it's genuinely just ringing in Holland has changed how you play so drastically. Like everyone is still taking time to adapt to how you guys play now without, you know, that extra man progressing the ball in midfield as a false nine every time. That's why I feel like it's really holding City back. 
I don't disagree with you, but I will say it's noticeable our defensive performances haven't been as good offensively going forward. Yeah, you're right. There's a change in play style, but why should that affect the defensive aspect of the game? It shouldn't affect the buildup that much, but it really does. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the complacency coming in from the city players. That's why Pep is so good at bringing in new players all the time. You know, why did we sign a Kanji? Why are we playing Ake more? Why are we playing an 18-year-old Rico Lewis? Because they they haven't won anything. They haven't had mm. a major role in these title charges. That's the point in, yeah. in bringing them in. And I think sometimes in order to address that complacency, you have to get rid of some people, no matter how good they are. Okay, yeah, I get, I get, I get where you're coming from. That that makes sense then. And what would would you give them as the grade? B plus. B plus, for the cultural impact. For the cultural impact, yeah. Okay, got you. All right, I'm with you on that then. B plus. Okay, okay. All right, let's let's get to Tottenham, and then we can do the the big two ones. The big two ones. Don't call Arsenal the big a big window for Arsenal. It's a big window for Arsenal. We'll talk about it. Tottenham. <laughs> Tottenham, dead window. Dead window. Nothing. They Proper they put dead window there. They put Spence out on loan, which I thought was interesting. <laughs> I they believe they sold what? they sold Matt Doherty as well. Yeah, they they lost two out of their three right backs. Yeah, so they're really banking on Emerson Royale right now. Oh, but they brought in Pedro Porro. Oh, Pedro I still Porro, wasn't sure. Was. Yeah, I still wasn't sure if that deal had gone through. I know that it was very funky. But it seems like it has gone through. But no, that's a that's a dead window. I because they've needed like a if we're being honest, they've needed like a ball progressing eight. Yeah. For so long. And they just haven't haven't even kind of addressed it. They just went and got Danjuma on load as like their main signing. That's terrible, bro. I mean, it's getting a C C for me. I give him I give him a C plus. Like it's a step up, but I mean Pedro Poor is very good. But Yeah, he is. I and, I still think like you 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 didn't address your issues. You didn't improve your squad or the culture in any real way. Yeah. So for me, C plus. I think Denjuma is also a great signing, though. Even it's even on loan, yeah, he's, he's a good signing. But it just doesn't feel like they have a plan and what they're trying to do. Because you're like they're they're getting these loan players to. I guess push for top four to maintain Champions League. It it doesn't really make sense. I feel like they. I, I guess kind of, it's kind of arrogant. They should be trying to rebuild. If we're being honest, they should like what is top four to Tottenham again? Really, I if mean that's like the goal there. Then I guess that's the see, goal. See, like this is a weird situation for Tottenham because I believe they know Conte's leaving at the end of the season, regardless of how the league turns out, mm. and. You have an aging Harry Kane, Son who's not performing as well, a Kane who wants out as well, and then a yeah. defense that, you know, isn't up to par with Conte's standards. But you're bringing in, you know, decent players with decent potential like Dan Juma, like Pedro Porro. So are you initiating a rebuild? Will we see Harry Kane leave this summer along with Conte? It's on loan, though. That's what I just, that's what I just don't understand. If you're really going to rebuild, sign the players. Like, why, why get promising players on loan? It just doesn't make sense to me. And I'm not like actually too familiar with the deals if they have 
obligation to buy or option to buy stuff like that but it just it, it seems like a an unplanned window but they got good players so I can, I can only hate so much that's fair okay let's move to Arsenal before we do Chelsea because Chelsea had a shit ton of signings um Arsenal I think they honestly had one of the worst windows out of the big six. Jesus. Not on the level of Liverpool, not on the level of Tottenham, but not too far above them. Jorginho, um, Trossard, and Kivior. I don't like Kivior in there like, the trend- like, you, like you knew who he was before January. Bro, he smashed all of our physical records. He's the fastest player to ever play for Arsenal. You heard it here. I don't know, something like that. He's just supposed to be like some athletic monster. That's what I that's what I read in, in his like physical tests. He he was like breaking top speed records or something like that. It, it doesn't matter. I don't actually include him in the I'm in our either. in our real January signings. I don't know like how often he's gonna feature in the first team. So Trissard and, and Jorginho, I feel like just seem worse because of the transfer sagas that went on with the other players that we were after with Caicedo and with Mudrik and Jao Felix. But honestly, they're not terrible signings. Trussard I'm very happy with. Trussard in itself, that's like a that's like an A-level sign. That's a honest. great signing. I love Trussard, yeah. and you capitalized on his like beef going on with uh Brighton. So so credit. Mm-hmm. And every time he come he come every time he comes on, he's dangerous. So yeah. I and I I've liked him for multiple years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean how you can only look at that deal so poorly because how often are you going to get a player for under 20 million that's going to challenge your starting 11 oh, yeah. as the team at the top of the table oh yeah it's, it's very rare that's a great signing but i don't think that's <laughs> what we're here to talk about is no. the great signing that arsenal have made it's not i'm here to say Jorginho is a terrible signing i think he'll fit into the team fine because the team is playing well the team has momentum and all he has to do is make back passes. But if Partey gets injured and Jorginho has to fill that role, it is going to be so clear how bad Jorginho is. He's a six, terrible defensive work rate, can't defend one-on-one, can't defend in general. He's fine with ball recoveries, all that stuff. But he is not a six, dude. This idea of Jorginho being a good six, the fact that he was even top three in the Ballon d'Or, he's never even been the best midfielder for club or for country. Verratti is so clear of him for Italy. Conte and Kovacic are so clear of him at Chelsea. I don't know. I don't know what type of move this was. I, I guess you have depth, but it's a Band-Aid fix for me. No, it definitely is a Band-Aid fix. This was by no means a Partey replacement, or at least I pray to God that it wasn't a, a Partey replacement transfer. Um, After watching the game this morning, because we are recording this after Arsenal lost 1-0 to Everton, my mindset with that Jorginho deal is that Jorginho would be able to play the six against, you know, the worst six teams in the league. And it seems that I've underestimated the worst six teams in the league somewhat. Or maybe I, just I think you've overestimated Jorginho. Jorginho. I think you've overestimated Jorginho. He's played the six. He hasn't really even played the six. I actually want to scratch this entire, this entire, uh, that entire train of thought because he, he hasn't really played in the same role for Chelsea in any way. He said, he's that's what I've been trying to say. Him, or Kovacic next to him. 
But I would like to point out, if he's so bad as a six, why did Pep want him back in the day? That's just what I don't understand. What, or, like, what did Pep see in him back in 2018 when, when they were trying to buy him? I mean, there's a reason Pep and Arteta like him is, yeah, he's good at controlling tempo. He's good at that sideways passing that both of them like. But that's also a weakness with Pep center, center mids. None of them can defend. Like yeah. Bernardo Silva, I think, is our best defensive midfielder. Like in terms of in terms of one-on-one. Yeah, like tackling, ball winning. Yeah, tackling, ball winning. Roger's not great at that. Mm. So you think Jorginho is low-key like the peak in terms of the bad that you get from a defensive midfielder like that? Dude, I mean – He's slow. He's unathletic. He, yeah, he's like fine against presses and all that stuff. He's a good deep line playmaker, but he cannot play as a lone six. He, for me, he's more of a Jacker replacement than a like. Like if you're coming out more defensively minded, I'd play him at the base of a midfield alongside Partey, but I would not put him ever instead of Partey. Okay, that's it. That's a better way to look at the deal. But then even in that sense, we also have failed to remedy the absence of El Neni and the potential absence of party if something ever happens injury-wise. It's not like El Neni was getting like, I, minutes. I just mean if Partey gets injured, you could at least put El Neni in and That's true, something but will happen. The thing is yeah. El Neni has like a work rate. El Neni can defend. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what, what did you I, – I gave Arsenal a B. You're convincing me otherwise, but I just want to see more of how we play with Jorginho before I judge too, harsh, too harshly. That's true. I think a part, a part of me is crying out that he will do well, but it won't be because he's playing like that six role. I think our, I think he if he plays alongside Partey instead of like Xhaka or something, I think, I think mm-hmm. he does well for Arsenal. Because I mean that's what Partey struggles with. Like be good too. he complements Partey's weaknesses, which is tempo, being sometimes too aggressive, not being conservative enough at times. Mm, the yin and yang midfield. You think that's what we could potentially run now? Yeah. I I'd like to see how Jorginho fares defensively, given where like how far, how high up our fullbacks play. Because it's not like he's a lone six. Like obviously he's there by himself but the way that we play like Zinchenko's tucked in Ben White's pushed into midfield it's not like he's completely alone and isolated in the midfield he does have the support that I guess someone in a pivot would have yes yes and I guess that's the difference between Pep and Arteta is both the fullbacks are tucked in but City's fullbacks are far more advanced like up the field like up yeah, the no, you, you, yeah, your fullbacks, you guys, yeah. your fullbacks often play wide, Wing. like like wingers, basically. Yeah. But our, our fullbacks tuck into kind of deep line playmaking roles. Yeah, that's that's yeah, true. I don't know. I, I want to see more of Jorginho before I judge harshly. As of right now, I have it as a B. Trossard's kind of carrying that, if I'm being honest, because that's a great sign. I have a C plus. For me, Jorginho moved it backwards, but Trossard outweighed that and brought it back. Yeah, to C+. yeah that's fair. That's fair. All right, Chelsea, a lot of signings. Um, all the way from Enzo Big for a hundred mil man. to 
Hakim Ziyech, who was supposed to go to PSG, but Chelsea messed up the paperwork on three separate occasions, and he is back at Chelsea. They brought in a whole array of players, strikers, such as uh, David Fafana. They have Jao Felix on loan, Malo Gusto at right back, Benoit Badiashile at center back, and Mudrick as well. So let's let's talk about let, let's start with grades. What are you giving them? <laughs> I gave them an A. An A? Okay. Yeah, an A. And before I get into the players, did you see the Enzo Fernandez announcement video? Oh yeah. Yeah. Bruh, I'm not gonna ask cold. <laughs> it, it was double cold. it one? No, 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 no. It was like they had like some random Spanish art or like Spanish artist write a song. Oh really? You have to just see it later. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It, it, if y'all are listening, just go go find that announcement video. It's cold. But no, okay. I, I gave them an A. Like they they genuinely brought in every like like highly highly touted talent in in the world, basically. Like all the top tier talents. And it, it's just a matter of can Grand Potter put all this together so quickly in six months? Because this is definitely a tank season for Chelsea. This is and this is where he earns all these players. Money. Yeah, if he can somehow manage to get top four with all these new signings, oh, like, you know, people say, like, no preseason. Like, this is literally no preseason at all. Like, he's going straight into the league. If he manages to get top four with this team, that's amazing. Because to, to spend all this money and not be the Champions League is crazy. And the thing is, he has the lead. He left Alba out of the Champions League squad. Yeah. He has so many players that he left Aubameyang out of the Champions League squad, which I guess makes sense because he doesn't really fit the profile of the striker that Graham Potter wants. But, yeah, I gave them a B plus. My reservations. B plus. Yeah, my reservations are these. B plus, A minus. Um, My reservation is, first of all, Enzo Fernandez price tag. With that history, I think out of the 10 most expensive signings in the world, uh, I think only Van Dyke has been the one successful one, I would say. Yeah. A, a lot yeah. of them, it's too early to tell, like two or three of them. But out of, out of like the other seven, Van Dyke has been the only successful one. So he he's already going Premier League that, with that stigma. Are you talking about Premier League signings? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. No, absolutely. You look at that list, it's scary. It's scary. Then I just think they were just signing players to sign players, dude. Like no, they did it. They disagree with you. They they addressed the issues, like wide midfield defense striker, but I don't know if they're the most quality signings. Like you have David Fafana, he's like mm. okay, I guess, but I'm not sold on David Fafana. I don't think he's gonna come in and. I mean, he's very he's very young. He is very young, but very young. I mean, if they if they come out this summer and sign Jao Felix, that's a different story. Mm -hmm. That that changes mm -hmm. a lot for me because we know what Jao Felix can do. Yeah, he has to serve serve that red card ban, whatever. But we saw him in that first game. He was very very bright. Yeah, he was he was cooking. He was cooking against Fulham as well. So they probably needed him today or yesterday because yeah. they drew nil nil. And then my thing is with Mikel Mudrick. He's. I feel like he's going to be that player where he's so hot or cold. Like, he's going to have a 10-game stretch where people tout him as the best winger in the world, and then he's going to go 10 games without doing anything. You know, 
how I feel about Mudrik is that Arsenal bought him with kind of the plans to nurture him as a number two behind a starting left winger. I think Chelsea, in a sense, got pump faked into thinking they were getting the finished product when they really weren't. Like they, I feel like they saw Arsenal bidding, you know, 85, 90 million for this 21 year old winger from Ukraine. And they're like, okay, this guy is clearly the next superstar if Arsenal is willing to bid 90 million. But the thing is, and like if you've watched Mudrik, you know, he's not the finished product. He has, um, like, not even world class potential. Potential to be like generation defining player just with his dribbling speed, finishing. But he's very rough. And I don't think Chelsea acknowledged that in this deal. Because you can't start a player that rough and that unrefined, like every game in the league, as you're as someone that you're going to rely on right now. That's my only issue with this deal. Outside of that, their window is very good. I think that the strategy here was that, you know, we're going to spend six hundred million in a year, you know, maybe another six hundred next year, and just load up on young players until until we get hit with the FFP ban. Because you know it's it's got to be coming. Eventually. It's got to be. Yeah, it's got to be coming. So it, it's like, you know, let's just stock up on young players. Worst case scenario, they bring in a new coach. Somebody's bound to be able to do something with the team that has, you know, a full 11 of like the most promising youngsters in Europe. Like you give any half decent manager that setup, like they're going to do something with it, even if they can't have in, like more income transfers. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. I, I understand that. I, I don't know how this isn't violating FFP. Like, what's the point of FFP? No, I'll definitely. be honest. City probably should be serving, like, a two-game UEFA uh, Champions League ban or whatever. But they somehow got out of it. I don't know how Chelsea aren't getting slammed with that. We know they've had yeah, transfer, no, ban window, or transfer window bans in the past. So, I don't know. And I agree with you with, with Mudrick. I think he's going to be kind of like Martinelli. You know, if he went to Arsenal, because Martinelli was very raw. He was very, mm-hmm. he was very, yeah, I, I guess raw is no, the right word. He, he, is still, he is still pretty raw, honestly. He is still That's raw, but you can yeah. see, like, there's refinement coming along with that. Yeah. Dude, Mud- I, I, Mudrick's I, I a do. very exciting player. He'll get you out of your seat, but I don't know if he's, he he's like, he needs to be shaped. He needs to be molded into a certain yeah. profile. That's why I hate that he not I hate that he went to Chelsea, obviously because I'm an Arsenal fan, but from his own perspective, like Arteta is like guaranteed hit on these winger developments. True. Like you've seen the the work that he did with Sterling, Sane. They they all say that they loved him at City. And then you see Saka and Martinelli, a player who wasn't even a winger to start with, and then a kid literally from like the fourth division of Brazil that he's turned into like superstars now. Like that's guaranteed hit. That you'd become a like a star player, but for some reason he chose Chelsea. I, I like what you said about him being hot and cold. I feel like that's just also bound to he just won't be coached properly. He won't be molded. I really think that they misprofiled him there because he's not ready for the Premier League in any way. And the thing is with with Arteta, those wingers make those runs outside to in and horizontally across the field. I feel like that suits Mudrick so perfectly. Oh yeah. Dude, that burst of speed once he gets the ball yep. coming in. Yeah, that would be that would be perfect for him. As an in, in a winner. different world, Arsenal signed him. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that'd be perfect. In a different world, Arsenal signed him. And we get to, you know, see the career progression of like an all-time great. Yeah. I don't know. We'll yeah. see. Outside we'll of see. those big money deals, 
outside of the big money deals, though, I actually really like this window. Yeah. Betty Ashile, Medweke, Malaguso, Detro Fofana. They're all good signing. It's just Enzo and Mudrik. They're just so damn expensive. They're expensive. The yeah. No, I mean, they, yeah. but, but they addressed like what, what they needed. A right back, they got one. Firepower up top, Ooh, they let's, got one. Let's not be too hasty. Because Kai Havertz is still the only striker that they have, which is like, or at least the only starting striker. I know they have Fafana, but I don't know. Like, if you spend yeah, 600 mil, there's no way Kai Havertz. Yeah. I- I'm willing to bump it down to like a B for that, honestly. Like, That's it what might I'm be saying. A- That's why I give them a B plus A minus. Like. <laughs> but like, you're still starting Havertz week in, week out. This couldn't have been the plan. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. But but they got Matawake, who I think he's. He's exciting. Medwick is cold. I like I like how he played yesterday against um against Fulham. Him and uh oh gosh, who's the uh, yeah, yeah, it was Medwick. He yeah, he played he played well. You know what a <laughs> stinker no. was Connor Enzo Fernandez. Gosh, man. That it's just such a weird deal, bro. How do you spend 120 on like the most promising midfielder in the world and then just stick him next to Connor Gallagher? Like that's that's just so like, what can you really expect him to do? And and one, 120 million at that, there's just so much to be said about this deal, man. You know how much you have to do to justify 120 million? That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Enzo does, I, I know he can't control it, but he did not deserve this price tag. Bro, like, literally, what, like, you have to score, assist, control the tempo, win the ball, like, damn near every single game to justify 120 million, bro. Every, everyone's been saying he's up next, like, all these things. Shout out, like, Azam. He he's been calling it since like September, way before the World Cup. But for me, you got to do it for like more than six months, bro. You got to do it for more than six months. You yeah. have to see how a player performs in a dry spell when when they're doing terrible. That's how you can tell the quality of a, a the real quality of a player. Yeah, and I, I and you also just can't throw young players like like that into such a terrible environment. Connor Gallagher's got to go. Like, I, I think I think he's got to go. He sold me at Palace, bro. I was in oh love with him at Palace. I, he hasn't impressed me in a single he game fit. at Chelsea. He was the perfect fit at Palace, bro. He was. Just engine and physicality. He was the perfect fit. Chelsea don't need that. No. When you get to those top tier clubs, that's a that's just like a a requirement, not a not a trait or like yeah, not, not a, a not role. a positive trait to have. Everyone has to have an engine and be physical at the top clubs. You can't just only be that nah i agree i agree well that was our grades for for the transfers let's go through it again um would you get liverpool c minus yeah i think i gave them a c plus united united got a b plus for me but you kind of convinced me it was a yeah yeah city i gave them a b plus city i gave it d because i'm hating that's i'm gonna stick by that too Tottenham, I think I, I I forgot what I gave them actually. I think I gave them a C minus. Yeah, I gave them a C minus as well. Then, then window. Yeah, Chelsea and Arsenal. Chelsea A, Arsenal B. Chelsea A minus B plus Arsenal. Uh, I think I said C plus. Yeah, you're hating right. on Jorginho. I'm not hating. I'm not hating. I'm right. All right. Thank yeah. you guys for joining us. We'll see you next episode. Peace.